From KVMR and in partnership with Creed, this is Disability Rap. I may have entered your business differently than anyone else, i.e. I use a wheelchair, but my money runs the same through your cash register. Today, the 2023 Miss Wheelchair California, Candace Welch. A lot of us tend to be little lone wolves out here trying to do it all by ourselves. That's not the best way. Seek the assistance. Seek the resources. That's all coming up on Disability Wrap. Stay tuned. Welcome to Disability Wrap. I am Lindsay Wells. I'm joined today by Miss Wheelchair California 2023, Candace Welch. At 18 months, she was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. This is a genetic muscular disability that affects the central nervous system. Candace has her BA in journalism with an emphasis in public relations and a minor in psychology. She also has her master's in public administration from California State University, Northridge. She recently attended Cornell University, where she received a certificate in diversity, equity, and inclusion. She is an advocate for the disabled community and serves on multiple committees to bring awareness to the public on what the disability community experiences and needs. Well, Candace Welch, welcome to Disability Wrap. Would you tell us what Miss Wheelchair California is and how did you get involved with it? So um, the purpose of Miss Wheelchair California is to really show and um, really focus on the beautiful leadership that these women lead within their personal and professional lives, all while doing this, you know, with their mobility aid of a wheelchair and just really highlighting that focus because, you know, you can do great work, but a lot of times when, especially within the disability community, our work can sometimes be um, diminished often by our disabilities or the things that we might need to help execute that. So um, that's what my, view as Miss Wheelchair California is of Miss Wheelchair California, the Institute. Um, and what brought me to it was, to be honest, I was scrolling on IG and I was kind of like, how can I get my message of advocacy that I'm so, so passionate about out to a larger audience? Um, because when you think community, you think local and, you know, maybe you can, you know, go state level and things like that. But you really want to reach the masses when it's something true and dear to your heart. And so when I was scrolling on IG, um, I follow the actual account, Miss Wheelchair California Institute. And it came up and it said, are you our next Miss Wheelchair 2023? And I was like, what is this? 
I I don't know what this is. I've never been a beauty pageant girl. I'm always in the background. Um, so I was like, what is this? And is this going to help me raise more awareness? And the more I got into it and I looked into it, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to, I guess I'm going to submit my application and see where this takes me because in my heart, the goal is to raise awareness and bring back community and advocacy. So I felt this might be the way to that on a, on a grander scale. Thank you for that. Would you explain what equitable accessibility is and why is this platform so important to you? Equitable accessibility to me is as a DEI practitioner, and for those who are not aware, DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, that is my job, my career. Um, and so I work in this field 24-7. And being a disability advocate with lived experience, I'm also in this world. So when I was looking at what my platform would be, it just became very present that it was equitable accessibility. And I chose that because equality is one thing. You know, we want everything to be equal for everyone, but we do not have that realistically. We don't. And um, no one likes to say that, but I will be the one to say that. Equality is just not realistic, especially in today's world and time. That's something that we want to continue to hope for and work towards, but it's not embedded in our history of a country. And so equity to me is just a tad bit more important than equality. And I say that because equity puts you in a position that levels the playing field for you. Equality says, okay, we're going to make everyone equal. Everyone has the same thing available to them. But equity says, well, you might need a little bit more assistance because of, you know, whatever your thing is. So I'm going to put you in the position to have those things so that you can be on a fair playing field. And so I combine that with accessibility because when you think of major um, industries like transportation, housing, workforce, employment, hiring practices, is it equal? Absolutely not. Can we make it equitable? Absolutely, yes. Thank you. That's so important to hear. Um, a few months ago, we lost Judy Human and the advocacy that she did is amazing. I have a question to ask you about her work and how it inspired you. Um, when she says separate but equal and how that, that was a thing for her, that that was not right. What do you think about that comment that she made to um, the people in government when she said being separate but equal is not the same thing? And would you elaborate on that? Yeah, I definitely agree that separate but equal is not great. It's just, it's not. Um, because I don't think that we're trying as a disabled community to be se separate but equal. We just want to be the same 
as anyone else. We want to be able to do the same things, live independently. And when you make us separate, you're placing an identifier on us that makes us different, that puts us in a different category. It's like, oh, those over there, they're different. We have to treat them differently. We have to do them differently. And no, it's universal. We're all human beings. We all have needs, desires, and wants. And equitably, we should be able to have access to those needs, wants. And it should be equal. But if it can't be equal, it needs to be equitable. So I definitely agree separate but equal is not the way that we need to go. We need to make it universal. I'm, I'm no different. Like I always tell people, especially when I go into establishments such as businesses that maybe are not as accessible or compliant as they need to be. And I always tell them, I may have entered your business differently than anyone else, i.e. I use a wheelchair, but my money runs the same through your cash register. And so with that in mind, I need to feel that when I come into your establishment, I am seen as a human being and not some alien that you've never experienced. I am seen as a customer that you want to have come back. I want that hospitality. I want to know that you value me, you see me, and you respect me. Not because of anything else other than I'm in your business and I'm patronizing it and I'm adding to your business. I'm funding your business. So you need to see me and make it accessible for me just as you do anyone else who comes in here and funds your business. So there should not be a separate but equal. It should be universal. This person needs this. This We all have needs, but we, we've established that. Let's make it universal. Let's treat each other with humility and kindness and focus on the fact that accessibility should not be optional. It should be mandatory. That's so powerful, Candice, because everyone has a right and a right to accessible um, buildings and things that make life a little easier for everyone involved. Um, let me switch gears a little bit and ask, you strive for higher education. What advice would you give young people with disabilities that want a college education? Well, I would say if you are a young adult out here and you are seeking a higher education, applause and claps to you because a lot of people are, you know, trying different other avenues. So, you know, and there's no shame in that. I think, you know, when you find your flow and your, your way, you pursue it. But I am, I've always been a school kid. I've always liked, you know, educating myself. So I think I would say definitely to someone that wants to pursue a higher education, um, even if that's like just vocationally, just getting, you know, a skill, like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be tough. And it's going to be tough for anyone. 
if you are 17, 18 going into college, it's tough. Um, and I think that should be explained as well. It's tough because you are entering adulthood. And especially if you are going to a college where maybe you're away from your family or friends, it's tough. But if you want to look at it from an accessibility stance, it's a lot tougher when you are coming in with a disability and you are now possibly being asked to advocate for yourself. And maybe that wasn't something you are familiar with or done before. And you are in these new settings and spaces where they might not feel so safe for you to divulge your needs and, you know, what would help you. So I, I want to be honest, it's going to be tough. But I will say, number one, don't give up because that's what they expect. They want you to give up, go back home, and just dissipate. <laughs> so don't give up. And I would say this, the third thing is to exercise your advocacy muscle because you're going to be advocating for yourself for the rest of your life. And what's a better way to start than what you need to be successful going forward? And if you are seeking a higher education, there are resources specifically that are there for those who require additional assistance. There are a lot of disability resource centers on college campuses that you can seek out. And don't be afraid to go in there and say, hey, I am new to this and I don't know which way to go. But I'm here, and if I could have some guidance, that would be helpful. And they will open their arms to you and say, you know, thank you for coming, because they want you to come to them. That's why they're there. They want you to utilize the resources. And I feel like a lot of us tend to be little lone wolves out here trying to do it all by ourselves. That's not the best way. Seek the assistance. Seek the resources because they're there to help you. And I would also say, have fun. <laughs> College, you know, education, it's fun. <laughs> you know, yes, it's a lot of work. It's, you know, late nights, early mornings, lots of coffee, but have fun. Cause this is the time when you get to explore and experiment and meet new people because those people that you meet are possibly the people that are going to be in your life for the rest of your life. I am 38 and I still have friends from my undergrad that I am still very close with that will always be in my life. So just take it day by day and have fun. And when you stumble, don't worry, get right back up. It's another day coming and you can do it better the next day. So well said. Um, and I agree with you about the resources to access those resources. So many people don't even know about them. How, how you know, important is it for people to have those resources available to them? So um, you mentioned earlier about transportation. And um, we see many air travel horror stories with people with disabilities 
Have you had any issues while traveling for your position as Miss Wheelchair California or any other transportation stories during which you've had problems accessing either an airplane or a train even? I will say I've had quite a few travel instances that, you know, stand out, but um, I have been truly blessed because um, I have not had my wheelchair damaged significantly. Um, the first time I went out of the country, I went to Mexico, it was probably right after I graduated from um, grad school. And I got off the plane and like the whole left side of my chair was missing parts and pieces. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? And not only am I in a foreign country, this is a very complex wheelchair. It's not like your general you know, manual that might be a little bit easier to navigate. This was a very complex chair and it's broke. And I'm here on a f almost five, six day vacation. What am I gonna do? Um, so I've had the horror stories. Um, for Miss Wiltshire, California, I've done a lot of travel. And I will say that one of my hacks and tricks is after that incident where they broke some parts of my wheelchair, I decided that I was not going to travel with my main wheelchair ever again. And so I always tend to rent wheelchairs. Um, I will end up renting a power wheelchair and utilizing that as my um, mobility aid. And um, it can be pricey, and I understand that everyone has that option. Um, but it's a lifesaver um, for my mental <laughs> because when I come home, my chair is intact and I can go back to going to my regular routine and I don't miss a beat. Now, is it as comfortable as I would like it to be when I'm on a vacation in a chair that's not fit for me? No, um, but it's the best I can do at this time um, just to make sure that I am still able to travel and not have to worry about someone damaging my chair every single time. That level of stress is horrible. And that's another reason why I want to work with the transportation industry. I mean, why I actually sit on my local Metro Los Angeles board of transportation because I want them to understand Transportation is just not air travel. It's also within your local community. Do the do the passengers who ride the bus every day to go to their doctor's appointments and go to the park or go to meet a friend or, you know, pick up groceries, are they safe on those buses? And if they're not safe, what can we do to make them feel safe? So travel can be anything, like you said, a train. When you're on, you know, especially, you know, when you're traveling long distances, is the operator understanding of what you need? You know, are they are they coming in and checking and making sure you're good? Um, are they handling your luggage and your personal items appropriately? Um, 
I think that one of the pet peeves for me is when I do travel, I normally travel with a care attendant. And I will say that it is most frustrating when I am at a check-in line, whether it be the airport, train station, bus station, whatever, and they will talk about me in front of me, but talk to my care attendant. And it's so, it's so disrespectful because you are just assuming that I have no nothing to tell you, nothing to give. I'm I'm not able to talk for myself. Um, so I always make it a teaching moment for them. And I say, well, you know, excuse me, I'm here. I'm probably the best one that can tell you what my needs are. So why don't you start with me first? And then if we need assistance from her, she's right here. But start with me. So those are some things that I want our our businesses and our organizations to really get better at. Don't ignore me. Talk to me. That is so true. I've had the same experiences with even doctors that talk to care attendants and it's not it's not right at no. all. It's not even a good thing to think that they don't even think we know more uh, about our bodies than our care attendants do. How do you think people with disabilities are portrayed in the media today? Today, I think the disabled community's media portrayal is better. I feel like back when I was a kid in the 80s and the 90s, it was not existent. Um, and then early 2000s, we saw a lot of individuals that were able-bodied playing disabled, you know, characters. So that was disrespectful on so many levels. Um, but now I feel like we have great representation. Um, one of my good friends, um, Lolo Spencer, um, she's on the HBO show, um, I believe it's She's going to kill me. It's um, College Girls or something like that. It's an HBO show, um, and she's she is phenomenal. Um, and she is, uses a wheelchair, and that representation is seen in every single scene. And so I do feel like the narrative is starting to shift in a beautiful, positive way. I feel like the entertainment industry is finally catching up and saying, okay, well, if we want to be diverse and we want to be authentic, then yes, we need to incorporate people with disabilities because there are plenty of actresses and actors that are disabled that are amazing at their craft and can be employed with the quickness. So I think that the entertainment industry is trying to catch up and I can appreciate that. And um, now I'm remembering it's Sex Lives of College Girls that Lolo Spencer is on, on HBO Max. And the fact that she has that role and women all around the world can see that representation is 
thrilling to me. Thanks. I follow her on Instagram too. She's amazing. Um, great representation of what a woman with a disability truly is. So, um, I like to ask our guests this question: What would you tell your seventeen-year-old self? Oh, that's loaded. Oh, what would I tell my seventeen-year-old self? Oh, um, I would tell Candice at seventeen: Slow down, enjoy your twenties, because <laughs> they don't come around again. Um. And I would tell her to not worry so much because life is going to do its thing. It's going to life. But I have amazing community around me and I know that I'm fully capable of making my dreams come true and that I don't have to rush it. And that I don't have to have such a, you know, aggressive spirit about it. You know, when I was in my early, early, early 20s, I was angry and I was, you know, aggressive. And I would just tell her, calm down. It's going to be okay. And enjoy the ride because it is a ride. And rides have, you know, ups and downs. And when you're on those ups, enjoy them. And when you're on those downs, learn from them. So, yeah, that is what I would tell her. Just calm down, enjoy, and just know you're going to get there. I love that. I truly love that. So, as Miss Wheelchair California, what is next for you? Well, my reign will end um, March 2024, and um, that would just be the official title being passed on to the next beautiful young lady, but my advocacy still remains very strong. I have my own nonprofit, and so in the spring of 2024, I would like to host my first official event. Um, my nonprofit is called I Am Able. And um, we really, I really, it's like my baby. Um, I want it to be a safe space for those within the disability community, especially those um, that are within the adult age. Um, and I focus on the adult age because when you're a child, you're covered by your parents. And when you are an elder, you're covered by your children. <laughs> you know, society wraps you up as well. And when you're an adult, they just throw you out there and they're like, all right, survive. And so I think for the disabled community, we might need a little bit more help and resources to help us navigate that terrain. And so I am able, my nonprofit is really there to provide mentorship, um, guidance, um, and really I want to also provide consulting for businesses so that they understand and are really educated on disability because one in four people will have or experience a disability at any point in their life 
So there is no excuse for any business or organization to say that they don't want to invest in that educational knowledge because you yourself as a business owner can have a disability tomorrow. That was Candace Welch, the 2023 Miss Wheelchair California. Her website is CandiceWelch.com. And that does it for the show. Just a reminder that we're now airing Disability Rap here on KBMR on the second Wednesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. instead of the first Monday of the month. For our podcast listeners, new episodes will now drop on the second Wednesday of each month around 7 p.m. Pacific here in the United States. You can also go to our website, disabilityrap.org, to listen to past shows, read transcripts, and subscribe to the Disability Rap podcast. You can also subscribe to our podcast by searching Disability Rap on any of the major podcast platforms. This show was produced and edited by Carl Sigmund and Courtney Williams. I'm Lindsay Wells for another edition of Disability Wrap.